Epic Turn is a podcast about the hobby gaming industry, what we love and hate about it, how it's evolving and changing, and other things that as gamers we're passionate about. Your hosts are Brian McLemore, that's me, and Tim Aldridge. Welcome as we take our next Epic Turn. Well, I guess, you know, we, we, we did a podcast about reviewing games, and it got me thinking, you know, and especially in our, in our group, we tend to have more than, you know, standard four to five people every night for game night. On occasion, we've been known to have as many as eight or ten. Exactly. And so I started thinking about it, and I, I tried to put a list together of what I feel is a good, like, top, epic turn top ten list for, like, party slash large amount of people games, if that makes any sense. No, no, not really. Oh, okay. Well, I sent you the list anyway. Ah, okay, let's do this. What All are right. we doing? We're, we're going over the top 10. Oh, do we have any follow-up? Do we have... Uh, you know, I don't ever since uh, <laughs> this episode, no. Uh, I think yeah. my own- Well, there is one thing I, I think we should mention. We still have... We're, we're actually recording this before we published episode... Uh, was it 12, 13? 13. Yeah, 12, 13, yeah. 13, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we haven't actually published episode 13 yet. I am so sorry, our listeners. Our life has been absolutely ridiculous. After this week, I think next week, we're going to start getting back into our normal routine. Yes, it'll be nice. Yes. It'll be nice to actually think of some topics than just me coming up with everything at the last second. Yeah, that is normally a recipe for bad things. It is. So, yes, we apologize, listeners. Um, actually, the only follow-up I have is I've been playing uh, a crap ton of Hearthstone. Mm. Yeah, I, I've been addicted. It's quite sad. And mm. I mean by sad, it's been amazing. Mm. Mm. That and uh, the hex, uh, so they're going to hit the alpha at the end of the month. So that'll be Ooh, something. I, I need to go do the slacker backer on that. Yes, you do. And if for all those who haven't, you can still do the slacker backer for hex. So make sure you go to, I believe it's hextcg.com mm-hmm. and support. Uh, slash donate. Slash donate. Thank you. Uh, which is going to be an amazing game. Uh, but yeah, end of the month, um, I plan to, you know, do an episode about it. And probably more digital card games in general because I've been playing three or four of them now just to kind of get a feel for them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We might have to do a digital TCG um, episode one night. I don't know. I mean, I, I fear that – and, you know, I've talked a little bit about this off the air. But I fear that TCGs is a very narrow, two-dimensional topic. Uh, you can point out, you know, the goods and bads of each one. Um, we've talked about this. and But we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. Back to large party games. Well, do we have any other follow-up? I have no more follow-up, man. <laughs> anything fun happening on Kickstarter? Have you seen anything cool there? I haven't even got to look at the internet this week. I am so far behind <laughs> on my Twitter accounts. It's not even funny. I, I opened up Twitter today for the first time in about a week, and I saw I had like 2,000 messages to read, and I'm just going to skip to the top. Yeah, I, I had to do the same thing. I haven't even done our own social media. Anyway, this is why I'm trying to skip follow-up, because I don't want everybody to hear that we're lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, listeners, we are anything but lazy. (laughs) Well, and and, uh, Corey, there you go. I did the slacker backer. If you're listening, Corey Jones, I did it. Just for you, man. (laughs) One for Corey Jones. One for Corey Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Back on topic, Brian. If we have a topic, what's the topic? (laughs) Large party games, our top ten list. I think you mean your top 10 list. Uh, it's yours too. Sorry, it's Epic Turns. Oh. I don't Which like the- it when you project on me like this. <laughs> what yours is mine and what mine is yours. I- 
<laughs> anyway. Speaking so, of feeling awfully uncomfortable all of a sudden. <laughs> so anyway, number one, Red Dragon Inn. I put this so, at the are we oh. wait, are we starting with like the the best first? Okay, you know what? I'll go. I'll go opposite. Sorry, I, I always like leading with my best. You know, putting your best foot forward, kind of deal. But sure, we'll take a step back. Oh, okay. All so, right, so, so forget you heard that. Forget you heard it, listeners. At number ten, Liar's Dice. I've never played this, and I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm going <laughs> to let you have the floor. All right. So Liar's Dice is where a group of players take uh, five six sided dice and cups. And you're supposed to shake them up and you throw the cup over. And then you're supposed to start bidding on how many of those pips are between all the players. So, and you always have to go higher. So if I go one, let's say I say one, one, you can either go, you can either increase the pips and, or you can increase the amount of dice that have those pips. So for example, if I went one, one and we, and you, I came to you and you're like, okay, I think there's two ones. And then we came to the next person and they said, well, I believe there's four fives. You have to always increase, but you can never go backwards. So you, if you go, once you go two, let's say you go two ones, you can never say one, two, everything has to scale mm-hmm. and everything has to grow. And then when you finally think someone's lying, you call them on it and you count all the dice. If you're, if you're wrong, you lose a dice, but if you are able to successfully call out the liar, they lose a dice, and you keep going until everybody's until it's a single elimination. So, you know, is okay. there actually asymmetric knowledge in this? Um, I mean, hmm. do you, do you have any any knowledge of what actually has the dice? Well, you know, you know how many dice each player has. You okay. know that there's five dice per player, right? right? So, if well, or however many players, it's however many players you have. Okay, so each person rolls five dice or whatever under a cup. Under a cup. And then they get to see what they have? Yes. That's all the knowledge you have. It seems like most people are liars all the time in that system. That's the whole point of the game. Uh, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a really fun party game. I've played it multiple times, both with uh, beverage of choice being Yeah, the I, I, was, I was just going to say, it seems like it could be fun if you're drunk. Other than that, I'm not real sure. Uh, I've also played it. I played it at cons. I've uh-huh. actually, uh, my first experience was. That doesn't mean you weren't drunk. Uh, yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> actually, my first experience of it was when I went to MegaCon my first year, and I played with a group of people just waiting, uh, just sitting around waiting in the vendor hall, and mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. It, you know, you just, I had a lot of fun playing it, and uh, I consider it a really good party game when you have a lot of people because as long as everybody has five dice, it doesn't matter. Hmm. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> Each people need five six sided dice and a cup. Gotcha. Right. Okay, I never played it. Uh, I, I, from what I hear you say, I, I don't know how much fun I would find it. Brian. But maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad Fair you enough. put it at number ten. It's number ten. I, yeah. I had. A, I was like, it's, it's a good. It's a good mention. It's a good mention. Okay. No, so, I, it doesn't sound like a bad game. I just like I've never played it. So. Fair enough. So number nine. Nine. Sorrow. Okay. Now this is one we've spent a little bit of time talking about in the past. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners who've never heard of it, it's a game where you all have tiles that you have to play and you're filling in a, was it like an eight by eight? No, eight by eight board. Uh, I want to say six by six, but yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, a, a, a square board. Yes, it's a square board. <laughs> uh, there are paths on there and you play a dragon. And when you play, you have to play so that you advance your path. Yes. And you follow that path over – if it connects to another tile, it's going to keep – you keep flying. Mm-hmm. If you run off the board or if you hit another dragon, uh, 
you lose. And if you hit another dragon, both parties lose. Um, last person standing wins. It has almost, almost no sane strategy involved. Yes, I'm about to say there is really no sane strategy. Uh, the one I always use when we play is um, uh, stick to the outside edge and try not to get into the middle until you know two or three people have been eliminated. Does that always work? No, no, never. <laughs> nah. I don't think there is anything as a consistently winning strategy in that game. No. But the reason I like this game is that it does support, I believe, up to eight people, if I remember correctly. Is it six or eight? Yeah, I think it's eight. Oh, yeah, I think it is eight, which with a full table, that gets really crowded on that board. Which is awesome because the (laughs) hilarious shenaniganries that happen is awesome. Yes. Someone's going to die. They're going to die soon. Yeah, and it's a great warm-up game also for, I mean, we use it as a, uh, a, a, I'd say, the starting pick of the night. If you win the game of Soro, you get to pick the first board game for game night. Yeah, we've done that. We've also used it as a closeout. Yeah, for the quick, like, five, ten minute drop. I think it's a great game for if you're having a lot of people over. Mm-hmm. Because the ideal, I mean, not the ideal, the, the the typical game is, you know, usually four to five players. So it's it's a good it's a good one for when you have a ton of people. Yeah, it's good for when you have a lot of people. It's also just good as a quick game, regardless of the number of people involved. So yeah. this, so the, the next one up on the list is a hidden gem we found at Gen Con last year. Mm. which is Sasquatch and Flapjacks. Now, I, I think this one only plays up to about five people, though, doesn't it? Uh, last time we did, we had six. Maybe we did. I don't remember. <laughs> but this is a game where you are a lumberjack. Cue Monty <laughs> Python, please. <laughs> and your mm-hmm. your goal is eating <laughs> Flapjacks. And actually, your goal is to chop down uh, up to, I believe it's 20 points, of, no, up to three trees. No, no, it's... First person to 21 points. That's it, yes. Thank you. First one, 21 points, wins the game. Yep. And this is just a really good party drop in the... Again, it's it's like Sorrow. You can play it. All you need is a D6 in the game, and it's just a lot of fun. Now, there is a lot... uh, It it is a lot of fun, but it's not just a sit down and see how it unfolds game. There actually is strategies in this one, and there's screw your neighbor cards, and there is a lot more depth to it than Sorrow. Right, there is, but I I feel it's still one of those like really good party s games mm-hmm. where you can get five people; they're going to have a lot of fun with it. Well, you know, and it's such a ridiculous concept for a game that it's a lot of fun to sit down and just you know just hack out. Yeah, um, we've had a lot of fun with that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I highly recommend it, guys. Like I said, it's like I think it's like fifteen dollars or twenty dollars, so it's a drop in the bucket, and you'll have a lot of fun, especially especially with you know lumberjack fantasies. Yeah, no, I'm going to go back and I'm going to I'm going to inject a uh, I'm going to ignore that last part. I'm going to inject a alternate number 10 An alternate number 10. I'm all ears. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, this was kind of, you know, you built this list. But um, (laughs) there's a game that I picked up at Gen Con this year that we haven't played as a group yet. Mm -hmm. And it is the Walking Dead card game from Cryptozoic. Is that a party game? It can support, I think, eight or nine people. Okay, so it's a party game. Well, party game is, I guess, it's, it's all depending on what you consider a party. But yes, yeah. eight to ten people, that's good. All right, but we haven't played yet, so there's not much to say. Right, well, you know, hey, I didn't play number, your number ten either. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that's ten A and ten B. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so the Walking Dead card game is a, you know, it's... It's actually apparently a German mechanic um, or mechanic from a German game that they rebranded with The Walking Dead. And uh, there's 
two different ways to play it. And uh, you either are going for max points or lowest points. Okay. But it's a very simple mechanic because everybody plays a play, puts a card out in front of them and then they all resolve. And once you get six cards on a stack, you get all the points in that stack. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and because they don't resolve in the order of like there is no first, second or third player, they resolve in order based on the card. Okay. Kind of like how Grabwell, you know, is resolved based on alphabet. Right. These are these resolve. I think it's either highest to the lowest or low at, at, no, lowest to highest. If I remember right. Okay. Um, but the neat thing there is that uh, it, it leads to unpredicted plays where you can accidentally hand a stack to somebody else, or you can you know accident someone can accidentally hand it to you. Um, and, you know, it, depending on which version you're playing, whether you where they're going for most points or least points, you know, right. it, it it really can change the way the game's played. But it is, it is very fun. It's very simple. Uh, the rules to resolve the order of play are really straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it, and it's very inexpensive. It's 15 bucks. Yeah, it's another drop in the bucket like Sasquatch. Yeah, I mean, great, just great drop and go kind of thing. It's a lot of fun. We'll have to play it uh, at one of the next game nights. I think that would be a good idea. Maybe Saturday after we're after you know we all get back and uh, back home and, and can rest a little bit. I'm not back till Sunday. That's not my fault. <laughs> so number seven, and I did put this one in the slot because of seven. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Seven wonders. Okay. This game, it does have a, a little bit of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. It is a drafting game, which uh, for listeners, this is where you get a stack of cards, you pick one, and then you pass left or right, depending on the turn. And you slowly build up, in this case, you slowly build up your civilization. Yes, because the Seven Wonders is in reference to the Seven Wonders of the Ancient World, yada, yada, yada. Um, great, <laughs> great game. It, 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 they basically took the whole drafting format for Magic and turned it into a really fun game. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent game. It also seats seven, which is great. Uh, with the expansion, it's, it's eight. Yes, that's true. With the expansion, it's eight. So it, it, it it's one of those games where you can sit a lot of people. We've had people come in that have never drafted, you know, ever, and mm-hmm. they had a really good time with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. The strategy in it gets really, really deep, though. It may seem like a very common, like high level type thing, mm-hmm. but really the strategy is very deep on it. Um you know, because you, you have all these different routes to victory, whether you're going science, military, uh, economy, and I think there's even a few others that are flip, that are slipping on the top of my head. The problem is, though, is that you have to have a balance between them, and because it's a drafting mechanic, you can get hate drafted by the people next to you. I'm sorry, Brian. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it does require a lot more strategy. That's also why I also did put it at the bottom of the list, is because... My i my idea my, my ideal game for party games is something that you don't really have to think about mm-hmm. that you can just play and everybody has a good time with. Um, Seven Wonders you can do that if you have a bunch of people who have drafted, and if you have someone that's played a couple games, you know, mm-hmm. the, and they can get into it. It's great. Um, I do worry that sometimes the the strategy aspect of it could can hinder some uh, people from wanting to play it. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's a deep. It's not just a casual drop and go like some of these others we named off are. No, yeah, but it's, I, it's quite an investment too. It's like I think it's like forty bucks. So, but then I think it's a well worthwhile investment. It is a lot of fun, especially if you have a, a group that's minded towards these kind of strategic, you know, type games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the expansions I actually really enjoy. They had a lot of flavor to it with the leaders and the, um, the cities. Yeah. All the civs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed. I would recommend getting the whole set if you want to try it out. A lot of fun. Yep. I, I can't say anything more than that. However, if you do buy it and you're like me and you want to do sleeves, Mayfair sleeves make a, a actual Seven Wonders sleeve. Really? So, yes. Are they not standard card size? They are not standard card size. They are those long cards, long and skinny. So you have to order a special thing from Mayfair. Huh. Honestly, yep. I didn't even notice that they weren't standard cards. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of you know, all the pretty artwork distracts you. Yeah, it is. It is, uh, you know, really solid. Um, and in this game, and I don't know if we really said, but you play as, you know, Egypt or Rome or um, one of these. I think in the, with the expansions, there's like 12 or 15 different subs to choose from. Yeah. Um, and it's really neat because each one has kind of a different built in base strategy. Um, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically we're saying buy seven wonders. I think it's you should number- buy, I think you should buy all these except liar's well, dice. I'm not sure about that one. Well, you don't really need to buy liar's dice. You just need some six sized dice and red solo cups and you're good. Red solo cup. <laughs> I knew that was going to work. <laughs> so number six and Brian, I'm gonna let you talk about this one. I think this game is awesome. We've had some hilarious times with her. Kill the overlord. <laughs> Kill the evil overlord makes it to number six. Yes. Okay. So this is a, a great game. Again, it was a, a surprise hit for us from last Gen Con. We ran across people demoing in. We, we loved it. Um, this is definitely a large game, and it's a uh, – I don't know. Part of it reminds me of uh, Dal, the great Dal Moody. You ever remember that old Richard yes. Garfield game? Yes, that game was awesome. <laughs> so, you know, in the Great Dominion, you had the one the, the chief mechanic was your your social position, right? And that's what that's what Kill the Overlord reminds me of is because everybody plays a role in society from the lowest peasant and slave and squire to the knights and generals and spy masters and the overlord themselves. You know, so you have all these different p- positions and. Basically, the game starts with the Overlord having an execution card, and you you he has to choose who is going to lose their head, right? So after that happens, then it's the then it's the goal of the player who has the execution to try to get rid of it and redirect the blame. Or there's a lot of different mechanics to do that in the deck. And uh, it's a lot of fun because it's a it's a hot potato mechanic. Actually, I th- it's the only hot potato game I've I've played. I don't know if you've seen any others, Tim. Uh, I've seen a couple, but they usually involve a potato, and it's really hot. Um, it's no. not a good time. No, that yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never seen a hot potato style mechanic in a board game though before, and especially not one that was done so well. Um, the only negative I'd say towards it is that sometimes the people who aren't actively engaged in the conflict, because it has a tendency to be two or three people going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, luckily, eventually, that's enough to uh, eventually, the, you know, all the, it goes quick enough for that. It's not a huge deal. But I have seen people off on the side of the board and like not get messed with for an entire round. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, there are two victory conditions in this game. Or three victory conditions, I guess, right? Yeah, either the no, uh, no, no, just two. Yeah, it's either the you you are the evil overlord and you you kill everybody without killing yourself, without being beheaded. Yeah, because the first person to thirty gold. Well, no, you have to start the turn 
uh, as the overlord with 30 gold. 30 gold. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so and and that's not the easiest thing in the world to arrange. <laughs> no, I, I I don't think we've ever seen the game where the overlord wins by beheading everybody at the table. I've seen it one time. Oh, we have. Oh, okay, I Fair think it was, I think I think Will is the one who got the kill on that one. I can't uh, remember, but uh, yeah, we have seen it. Uh, it, it. But it is just a great game. Um, I'd recommend. You don't know if they ever came out with an expansion, did they? I don't think so. No, not yet. But it's it's like the my big thing with the reason I put it on the list and I've I've stacked it kind of high up on the list is the fact that it has so much fun potential mm-hmm. that even you can't be mad at the person next to you because guess what? They probably went up a social rank or you or they helped you go up a social rank. So it's really hard to be mad at your neighbor. Even it is it is a total screw your neighbor game. Like your mm-hmm. your job is to become the overlord. Yeah, but but by the time you become the Overlord, you also become a target. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that it, it, there's there's really not this mentality of the game where it's you know I need to make sure I'm I'm forming alliances. You know, some screw your neighbor games. You want to try to get some buddy buddy going on, or you know, get some alliances while you're playing so that you're not getting stuck at last. You can't do that in this. Well, you could, but in this game because you know is either the Overlord wins or you win. Mm-hmm. And there is no there is no need for alliances is what I'm trying to get at. You just screw that guy over and that guy over and that guy over and that, that lady over there, too. She's she's the overlord. <laughs> and actually, that's another thing I really like about this game is it's it, this might seem a little uh, weird, but they, they do a they have both a male and female side to the cards. They're, they're not just male cards. They're not just female cards or, you know, certain cl- uh, class classes in the in the overlord society it does not depict one way or another because mm-hmm. you can choose both sides i think that's a really nice touch for the game yeah no absolutely uh, the artwork's a lot of fun it's a very cutesy anime style and it's just it's it's fun art mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but I yeah no I, there is no expansion for it i just went and double checked um it's from ape games mm-hmm. uh they put they put it on kickstarter originally wow so mm-hmm. many good Kickstarters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. Whoa, found the Board Game Geek entry for it. Wow, I can't believe it only has 6.2 stars on Board Game Geek. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I, I rank it much higher than that. At least a solid, like, 8. I'd give it an 8, yeah. yeah. For the, it's it's 8 players, so 8 stars seems good. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's actually just a really solid title. <laughs> yes, from here on out, we will give you as many stars as your game supports. Better not be bringing me solitaire. Oh, man, that means the top three are going to get, four are going to get weird. Wow. <laughs> All right, so moving anyway, on. So next is, uh, I, I always mispronounce it, but I'm going to say it's uh, Dixit. Uh, D-I-X-I-T. Another one I have no idea what you're talking about. I know you have no idea, which is really sad because I used to have a copy. I gave it away before I moved up, you know, up here to Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a storyteller game where the storyteller comes up with like a phrase. The other players have to pick an, an image that, you know, that best matches the sentence. Then there's voting. And if no one if no one finds the correct picture the storyteller gets zero the players get two otherwise people answer correct get three points and then the players get it's it's really uh, you know what i have a hard time explaining all i know all i can say is it is an amazing uh game of you know if i if i were to say to you brian um i'm in a okay uh, a, a sunny fill a, a field in the summer mm-hmm. right 
and you were looking at your cars and you had things like a wooden puppet, um, a ladybug, uh, a, ch- uh, a grassy field, a scarecrow in the fi- in a field and some other card. You then have to look at that and go, okay, what is a story tryer teller trying to get at? And then you have, you know, then you're picking a card. So it's, it's one of those games where you're, I think it's the demon possessed puppet that's running through the grass and about to gnaw at your ankles. Crap. Anyway, but it, it's a, it's a really, it's a really fun game with, um, that, you know, you, you, you're, you're playing the storyteller in a way. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's just, it, the artwork's really nice. It, it's a beautiful game. Honestly, it's, it's one of my favorite, not one of it, not above what I'm the rest of the object of the story, but I mean, the rest of our list, but it is just a really unique game. And I, I know it's, it's really weird to, I'm having a horrible time explaining it. And anybody who is a fan of the series is going to, you know, be making fun of me this whole time. But it, it, it's absolutely one of those wonderful storyteller, te- not telephone, um, like a, what did what did the what did the storyteller say and try to match it up? Yeah. It's one of those kind of games. It's it's, it's kind of like one of the games we're going to talk about later where you're playing the storyteller. Hmm. Well, I have a I have a five B for you. Oh, oh, because, of course, since I came up with the list, you don't agree with me. OK, oh, more than I just have no point of reference <laughs> on it. So, you know, uh, no, that's fair. No, OK, yeah. so. That's 5A is Dixit. 5B is? 5B is Badass Zombie Killers. I knew this was going to come in here. (laughs) (laughs) At least I didn't choose that other one. Um, Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you would have chosen that one, (laughs) as the pre-show said. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, Badass Zombie Killers, you know, we've talked about it a little bit before. It is a card game that is set in that first 10 minutes of every zombie movie where everybody's scrambling to get their guns together. Um and equip themselves for the zombie horde that they're about to have to fight. You have a character card and they're all kind of humorous play on words, you know, like, um, um, did you have like nunchucks or something? Like, yeah. Nunchucks? Yeah. One game I had, you know, uh, the, the bad bleeping nunchucks of awesome or something. I don't know. It was, it was pretty great. It was like, I, one game I had shotgun, I, I had laser guided shotgun chucks. That's it. That was it. Yeah. That, that were pink, but it was okay. Cause I was the hippie chick. So pink, pink was a plus, not a negative. Sure, sure. You know what? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to, I got a chance to play with a couple of the guys. Um, were you there for that day? I was not. Okay, so we got a chance to play with uh, a couple of the guys from uh, RPG RPG Day, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. They they seemed to enjoy it. Um, again, it's an inexpensive buy. I think it was like fifteen bucks, give or take, or maybe twenty at the most. And uh, it was, it, but it is a great just drop and play. Not much to it. The games don't last that long. Um, it's maybe a 20, 30 minute play, especially if you have a large group. Well, that's perfect then. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot of fun. And that's, that's, that's what I like about these kind of games are, is that you're not, you know, you're not spending three or four hours sitting down playing Wiz War or, you know, Twilight Imperium. These are just great drop in the bucket and just go. I, I really like that about it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the, that's my 5B. That's your 5B. Okay. So we get, we're getting to the top four, Brian. I believe, this is, I believe this is where we break and I'm going to bring up something else to kind of, you know, had the episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we need to hit that 40 minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excuse, excuse. Here we are talking quick. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's but start I, talking slower and no, more deliberately. I, uh, so before we get to the top four, I actually want to talk about some on-roll mentions that 
they didn't make the list because I guess I I grew up playing them so much that no I, no no honorable mentions go at the end. Oh okay fine. I'm just gonna bring up categories. I love categories. That's not a board game. That is a total board game. That's not a hobby no. game. <laughs> That's like saying Monopoly. Honorable mention. That is honorable mention, and for some people, yes. <laughs> anyway, so fine. We'll just go straight to number four since you're you're not liking my honorable mentions. But no, uh, number four. Now, this one is either you have a really good time playing this game or you have some horrible memories of this game. And it takes the right group of people to play it with. I can't disagree with you more. Ladies and gentlemen, number four. Is, you can't disagree with me more? I cannot agree with you more. Sorry. <laughs> that makes more sense. Wow. You can tell how tired I am this week. Um, anyway, number four, Munchkin. Munchkin. Steve Jackson's Munchkin. Okay. So Munchkin is a okay. Munchkin started off anyway as a giant parody of D D. Mm-hmm. Um almost a satire in some ways, but um you know it was all about some of the classic um you know urban myths and legends of in the D D uh, fandom, right? I mean they they had a gazebo in one of the early sets. Yes, because, you know, a gazebo is a very deadly creature. Yeah. I want to attack the gazebo. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so, I mean, and they, they did all these things. Uh, some card that all that when you that we were talking about RPGs and you were talking about like the horde of orcs, you know, they actually have a card. Three thousand eight hundred seventy two orcs. Yes, as a monster. Yes, they, do. Yes, uh, they have the monster the GM made up himself. Which has funky rules depending on what day of the week it is and whether you're male or female and all these other things. And, you know, these are the kind of things that as people who've played any kind of D&D, you can really get into and just laugh at. But you have to get the references. It's very true. And it's one of those great. Like it's it's one of the classic, I should say, screw your neighbor games. I think it. I don't know if it started the genre, but for me, it was one of the first ones I played. That's what I was about to get at. Yeah. Is that it was the first ever time playing one of those kind of games where like it is stated out the gate. That's what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, you absolutely. Know? And it was it was amazing to, you know, sit down. And you're like, OK, so what's the mechanic? Well, you kick open the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You defeat the monster, you know, let bad stuff happen to you or collect the card. And then you search the room for more stuff. I'm like, OK, so play a couple play the first time. I'm like, what's my objective to get to 10? OK. Play the first round of cards, second round around the table, going up a couple levels, equipping some epic loot. And then it was a wandering monster. And that's when I started going, oh, so my object is to make sure you never get leveled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. I was supposed to save all this and hurt you at level nine. Yeah, that's about what you're supposed to do. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the game kind of turns into a, an arms race where you're all stacking up loot at the beginning and then... Uh, the first person level nine just gets epically shat on. Yes, literally. <laughs> like, is I have yet to see a game where it like low like everybody holds on to enough so that you you have to get around the table to you. That's all you need to do mm-hmm. is you just need to get back to yourself. So you hold on to a couple wandering monsters, maybe a couple level twenties, maybe a couple doppelgangers. But that's base Munchkin. Now think about now. Here's something to think about: is that Munchkin has grown in such popularity. Is it has so many spinoffs. Oh, so, so many. Like, ev- any kind of cheesy genre that you could make jokes about? 
it has a it has a munchkin to associate itself with. Yeah, see, I know there's Cthulhu, ninja, superheroes, uh, uh, vampires. vampires, werewolves, uh, probably. And uh, I think they're part of the same set. Uh, the Wild West. Yeah, the Wild West. Um, uh, pirates. Okay, I, I don't know if I've seen that one. Uh, oh. The uh, the Guild has uh, their own yep. set. No, they have a they no they didn't do a full set. They did a um, a uh, booster a booster set. Okay, well, yeah, my bad. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, you have all these different things, and most of these have like you know the Wild West one, two, and three. Yes, Cthulhu <laughs> one, two, and three. Yeah, and they and, each have slightly different rules, but it's all still the same thing. Yeah, they uh-huh. each have their like the, as you said, they have their each their own little spin. Mm-hmm. Like but, um, yeah. in Cthulhu, you could become an occult. Yeah, I mean, you a become cultist. a cultist, and you yeah. cannot unbecome a cultist. Well, you can get bonked on the head and become not a cultist. Yeah, but that takes somebody else. And then if everybody becomes a cultist, doesn't everybody win? No, I think everybody loses. I think everybody wins if everyone's a, a cultist. Look. I can't we'll remember. Have to take a look. It's been a while. Yeah, but each one has that. And then uh, you know, then they did this thing that lately where this this new stuff they're doing, which is the booster packs. And it's stuff like uh, they've had two Christmas packs, a fairy tale pack, the guild. Uh, Skull Kickers, Penny Arcade. I mean, mm. they, and they and they just keep growing and growing and growing. Actually, I have a friend that has everything Munchkin. Wow, that's and, a that's a lot. And I mean, when it, when he's like, "So, what do you want to play tonight?" He's like, "Let's play Epic Munchkin." It's like, "What is that?" He goes, "We use everything." Oh my god, I, dude! I don't know if you could shuffle that with any reliability. No, nah, he uses a card shuffler. <laughs> but no, I mean. <laughs> You you have this. It it's, is absolutely, I think, one of the best party games. It it it, it almost got into the top three. Almost. The only reason I did not put it into the top three is because it's kind of like the old saying: is never you never play Settlers Catan with your friends. Mm. There, you don't play Munchkin with some of your friends. Well, you, I started off. You have to have the right group of people um, okay. because it is such a backstabby game. You have to have you have to have a group of people that can shrug that off and not affect them like outside of the fun of the game, um, which not everyone can do. No. Uh, also, it's a very it's built into the rules as part of the super munchkin things, right, where you are trying to be a rules lawyer. Yep. Um you know, so because you're trying to be that rules lawyer, you are reading like every pronoun on the card to make sure this applies <laughs> to you. Because at one point there was some cards that only said he. Right. And so if you had a female at the table or you weren't ter- transformed into a female. Yeah. You were screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and it's it's extremely humorous. There's so many jokes uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I don't think anyone out there can catch them all on the first pass. No, because uh, every card is a play on words and everything else. Like the the big bad boss from the first set was a, a plutonium dragon. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, and you know, uh, uh, which I, I've always considered to be a play on what palladium dragon. Uh, palladium. Uh, well, there's palladium platinum, games, and then there was platinum, platinum dragons. dragons. You know, so you know, then there was uh, what was the big boss from the second set. Oh, I cannot remember. I cannot remember. It, it's been a it's been a while since I've I've actually played Munchkin with you know all seven of its expansions. Yeah, I, I've never <laughs> honestly you know I've only played with the first two sets. Oh wow! Well, we might have to change that sometime. Yeah, well, I take it back. I've also played Cthulhu Munchkin. That's true, and Cthulhu Munchkin has two: the Mooing Cow and something else. Mm-hmm. But 
The other thing that I like about one, and that one's great too, because like the puns on that one's like the great bold ones. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I no, no, that. that's good. It's good. <laughs> and it's these trying. giant floating grapes with eyes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you were saying nothing. No, but the other thing that I like about Munchkin is, and it, it's it's built for a game of cheese. Like mm-hmm. there's Munchkin counters, Munchkin bobbleheads, there's coasters, so, there's the iPhone app, the T-shirts. The uh, when I when we were at the Munchkin Tavern at Gen Con, I have shot glasses and mugs. You know, they that, each do something different. Yeah, like the shot glasses. If I take a shot I, once per game, I can go up a level. But oh gain, no no I'm sorry no if I if I drain the glass I gain a level. Yeah, if I can take a shot to allow another player at the table to escape from an encounter. Oh, okay, but you can't go to level ten. I'm going to say it again: you can't go to level ten, Brian. No, you can't go to level ten. You have to kill yeah. a monster to go to level ten. That's the only thing that keeps the game uh, remotely interesting. Divine intervention can. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've anyway. actually <laughs> I actually saw one guy win like over the we played like once every few months and one guy won three games in a row. With Divine Intervention. Such a good card. <laughs> but anyway, so Munchkin, pick it up. If you've never tried one, uh, pick your favorite genre, grab a copy, grab a group of friends, uh, prepare for a yelling, screaming fight, but it'll be an awesome time. And just uh, remember, according to the rules, all rules disputes are settled with a loud, boisterous argument with the owner of the game having the last, wor- the last word. Exactly. So and the I, moral, moral of that is you need to be the guy who buys it. Right. That's the most important thing. <laughs> I was actually, Brian, I wasn't going to go with that. I was actually going to go with the golden rule of all, you know, never hurt the fun and, but make sure everybody else having fun and all that. But Hey, you know what? That's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway no. that means go listen to episode four. Yeah. Um, episode four is our best episode ever. We're, ne- we're never going to beat episode four. I don't think we can. Anyway, but no. no. So I put this one in the slot. I know we just started playing it. Oh, number three. Oh, number three. I number think this, three. I think this has so much potential in the sense of it is an awesome party game of epic proportions. Of mm-hmm. well, how it, good of a liar are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and it can support up to what? Ten players? Ten players. Yeah, it's four to ten, right? Yes, four to ten. Yeah, we are talking about The Resistance. The awesome game called The Resistance. Yeah, so, which it kind of makes me feel kind of like I'm in a Battlestar Galactica type world. It is kind of like you're in a Battlestar Galactica type world. Actually, it reminds me of Battlestar Galactica without having to play the board game. Right, where you have like <laughs> one person playing the Cylons who's trying to yes. sabotage everything. Yeah, and then this is very much the same way because you you have the resistance, which everyone is supposed to be a part of, right? And you're trying to bring down the machine, right? But then you have like the bad no, guy. Oh, no, the man. You're trying to bring down the man, Brian. So... I assume this is a Terminator style future in which it is the yeah. machine. Um, uh, that's always had to be about machines, man. <laughs> but so, and then you, and then so you have everybody trying to trying to stop the man. Yep. Which may or may not be a woman, and or may or may not be a machine. Thing. May, machine man. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> but then inserted in your resistance organization are a couple of spies for the bad guys. And it's you you end up doing five missions or up to five missions. And it's who and if any one person sabotages the mission, the mission fails outright. Well, hold on. You're, you're forgetting something there. Hold on. Hold on. You're, you're forgetting the, the, the first step of this is that at the beginning of every mission, someone is the leader mm-hmm. and leader has to assign the party to the mission. 
Right. Well, and, and now, okay, if we're going to explain the whole game. <laughs> I got, think we should. It's very easy. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty straightforward <laughs> game. Okay, so depending on how many number, how many players you have, you randomly pass out uh, tokens. I think we had five players in our game, so it was three good guys and two bad guys. Right? Yep. Yeah. So we had three good guys and two bad guys. You pass them out randomly that everybody closes their eyes. And then while everyone's eyes are closed, all the spies look up and look around to see who is the other spies. And then everybody looks up. Yeah. And then, and then everyone closes their eyes again and then everyone opens them up. So no, only the spies know who the other spies are. And basically if you're playing a resistance guy, your goal is to f- try to figure out who the spies are. So you can never put them on the mission. Right now, getting to what you were saying, you have one person gets nominated as the leader uh, for the mission. And then it starts rotating around uh, between each mission. Yep. And, and the leader selects the people. And then mm-hmm. everybody gets a chance to say those people can go on the mission or they can't go on the mission. Yeah, and it's majority rules. It's a vote. And if the majority fails, then it passes on to the next leader. Now, if you go through a whole table pass, the spies win. Yeah. Well, if you know, it's not a whole table pass. It's five. It's five. OK. Yeah. If, if, I, thought if it, you I thought it was the number of players. So that's why I, said uh, I don't think so. Well, I know in our game anyway, it was five. Right. But if you if you go five missions where you cannot send anybody on it. The spies instantly win. Um, and that kind of puts pressure on the good guys to not just sit around and wait. Yes. And wait to see someone pick the same two people. Yeah. Um, well, in, in, in terms of our game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the, the object is, is to get the figure out who the spies are never send on the missions and the people who the, when you, since there's five, the first team to hit three wins the game. Right. And so when you send someone on the mission, each person that goes on that mission ends up putting in a success or failure token. And those are mixed in randomly. So you don't know who put what in and you flip them all over. And if there's one or more failure tokens, the mission's a failure and that's the spies sabotaging it. Um, or you hope (laughs) I still think that's not a, (laughs) any way of worthwhile play, man. I think you cost us the game that, that time I didn't, I actually figured out who the spy was, but it didn't help you any. No, because I never made it back to me as leader. <laughs> no, but it didn't matter because it, there's nothing you can ever gain by putting out this by putting out the the success to, by putting out a failure token if you're a good guy. Uh, I don't know. I think you can, but anyway, that's a topic for another time. Anything you could possibly gain from that is going to be way outweighed by the fact that you might have just killed the mission, even if the other person that's on the mission with you is a spy, and they because. It's actually advantageous if you're a spy to sometimes let the mission succeed. That's true. But it's not ever advantageous as the resistance to make it fail on accident. Like I said, for me, it worked out because I figured out who the spy was. So, (laughs) But even if you figure it out, no one's going to listen to you if you say this blah, blah, blah is the spy because no one because you could be the spy. I'm not the spy. I wasn't the spy. I was never the spy, Brian. I was the first game. I know. But no, it's a great game. And it, 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 it has – it's one of those games where you you have a great time with it. And even when you lose, everybody has fun mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, you were the spy the whole time. I knew it. 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 And Noah and her is like, why didn't you say anything? Because you all thought I was the spy. Because that mm-hmm. first game, remember, everybody thought I was the spy and I turned out to be the resistance. Yeah. And no one suspected me the whole time. No, no one did. But that's what, like I said, that's why I love about the game. It has a lot of a lot of fun. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it it the games go fast, and that's great because it's again one of those things. It's a you know both a drop in the buck in terms of price. I think it's fifteen or sixteen dollars. And hmm. I am curious to play with the expansion. Um, oh, you mean the the plot cards? Yeah. So I mean, I was looking at what those do, and and those actually break the asymmetry asymmetry of the uh, of the fighting some. Because you can play those to find out what if somebody's a spy or, or a, a, a good guy. Mm, interesting. Um, you know, because you can play one of those to take and you take someone in confidence and you learn who their their role. Of course, you could be lying when you tell everyone else what their role is if you choose yeah. to tell it all. And right. that's part of what makes it kind of so crazy. Yeah. Like, I have seen their card. They are resistance. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, what, I was, what I was finishing with was is that it's it's cheap and it doesn't take that much time. Like a typical game takes about thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, even when you have a full table, it's still going to take about the same amount of time. Yeah, like, when you grow up to probably ten, it'll take it maybe forty five minutes. Yeah, it's not going to be one of those things where they're like triples or quadruples in time based on the number of players. No, so the resistance, so definitely a good game. Go out and buy it. I'm looking forward to playing again. Yes, I actually, I think uh, I think I' gonna buy a copy, and you should buy a copy. We should all buy copies. Okay, no, we're trying to we're trying to tell well, you. Let's listeners. pause the podcast so I can go on Amazon and buy a copy. All right, all right, we're pausing. So number two, so first and second place, I have I have my reasons for why number one is number one and number two is number two. Well, no, and, and what's interesting is I actually agree with you on this. I what? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I get that one more time? No, I'm I never. Just, I'm I never going to say that again. Son of a gun! Don't okay. worry, it's on recording, but I'll bleep it before you get home. <laughs> no, you'll, you'll bleep it on the raw. Yeah, yeah. Post it without the bleep. I'll be like, you bleeped it. No, but so the next one up, and it's 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 popular. It's big. Everybody is buying into it. It's all over Kickstarter as being one of the most successful Kickstarters. At, at, you know, after launch, it's one of the most top-selling items on Amazon. Of course, I am talking about Cars Against Humanity. That comes in at number two. I or agree. It's, or it's child variant apples to apples. Uh, no, no. There's there's no <laughs> comparison here. There, there really is. I mean, apples to apples is like number 15. Yeah, I know. But I, I for the people who have kids, you don't let your kids play cards get humanity you let them play apples to apples anyway anyway but no okay so cards against humanity is definitely a 17 plus game or at least mid-teenager plus if you're a lenient parent i guess but i don't know um maybe you can filter out half the deck and and let your let your preteen play it that'd be terrible but anyway so (laughs) the reason this comes in at number two is it is a great party game it It is 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 an awesome game to sit around with a bunch of friends you know, either have a six pack, have some wine or just do it. I mean, we've done it in the middle of the day. Um, not the drinking part, the playing cards against humanity part. Timmy, you're a liar. Noting. Um, no, but we've um, it's a lot of fun because you come up with wacky, crazy stuff. You get you get moments of where people go really bright red and you think they're going to die of suffocation. You know, they're going to die mm-hmm. of suffocation. No air. Yeah, and, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. Dave, I know you're listening to this. We are never going to forget that you went to Cherry Red. (laughs) We're never going to forget it, and we're always going to remind you. And for people who don't know how the game is played, there is one person who plays a black card, and this is a card that tells the start of a story. Um, And this is one that's safe to tell. There's a card that says, um, what is Batman's guilty pleasure? Yep. 
And, um, you know, and then everyone else on the table puts in a white card. And these white cards can be all kinds of things. Actually, I got some in front of me that are okay. Yeah. Uh, like the gravity gun. Mm hmm. I don't think that's Batman's guilty pleasure. He's not into gravity. <laughs> He's all flying around and swinging from batarangs and stuff. No, not the gravity gun. Yes. The decade of legal inquests following a single hour of Grand Theft Auto. See, these are these are kind of cards you're dealing with. I could read the other ones, but you literally the second I start talking, Brian's <laughs> going to have to put in a long bleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are some absolutely hilarious ones. It's definitely a mature themed game. I mean, there's like uh, uh, just yes. Uh, so let's mature. see. Uh, let's see uh, one of my favorite cards. This is a is, is being a mother sorcerer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Being a mother mm, sorcerer. Yeah. Yeah. That that right there is the kind of stuff it gets a lot worse. But you know what Batman's guilty pleasure is? Um no, Brian, what is Batman's guilty pleasure? And this is an actual card. Yep. Dead parents. Oh, that's terrible, dude. <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> it is so oh appropriate. God, terrible. Okay. Anyway, and so, what you what you heard Tim just do there, that's what happens at the end of every round. Usually, usually, yes. <laughs> but so the whole point is that everybody plays a little bit differently. There's a bunch of house rules. You can come up with your own. There's a lot of blank cards. You can come up with your own cards. You can come up with your own rules. Uh, the epic turn loadout. Sorry, but so, you know, we can tell you how we play is we usually play to between eight and ten. Mm-hmm. It all depends on how many people we have and um, when people get bored, when people get bored. Uh, we always save the haiku for last, which is what you're supposed to do, but we save it as a different scoring system. We have the you win the game and then you can either in and or you can win the haiku. And then we also play with um, ditch a ditch a story card to uh, ditch however many white cards you want and draw up a new hand. Yeah, because sometimes you get stuck with a bunch of cards that oh. you just don't know what to do with. OK, if I ever get stuck with the OK, so the last time I played, if I ever get stuck with the hand of nothing but people, mm. what I mean by that, I had. Nicholas Cage, Samuel L. Jackson, Neil Patrick Harris. I literally had all the just straight up. Did you, did you have Rush Limbaugh's soft, saggy body? I did have Rush Limbaugh's soft, saggy body. Uh, <laughs> so I had all those, right? Uh, and it was terrible. Luckily, we were playing with that rule so I could build, you know, build a new hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been playing with uh, Rando Calrissian. Yeah, which that one is you to the stack of white cards. You just draw the top one off the deck and throw it in there. And it's always hilarious when that's the winner. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, and then we also play with um, what's called the plus one system. So if it's a pick two, you get to draw one off the sack. If it's a pick three, you get to draw two off the sack to help complement your hand. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I think that we play with that's uh, a quote unquote house rule is if you don't know what the card's talking about. Uh, that's not a house rule. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, no, it's it's in the house rule is section. It, is it? I, oh. I, I think it is. I, well, maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, go ahead. But, you know, if you don't know what the card is or it's talking about somebody that you have no idea, like some of the people in there are like, I don't know the reference that they're making. Right. So it's like you can say, I don't know who this is or I don't know what this means. And you do give up the right to be made fun of mercilessly for not knowing, but you get to replace the card. Yep, that's that rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, there's a couple stories coming to my head that. What oh. do you What do you mean you don't know what Glenn Beck is? <laughs> yes, I was thinking of it a little bit more, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, that, I'm keeping it PG. I know, I understand. Or at least like not it, not not NC seventeen. Yes. So, like I said, so the reason this is so we've talked about all the good things. So let me talk about why it came in at number two compared to you know. I wonder if we're going to. I wonder if we're going to say the same thing. Okay. Um. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to write down – no, no, seriously. Um, it's because after here's my a while – Here's 
Okay. Here, let me pass you mine. No, it, uh, the game eventually gets to a point where it's not as funny or it is, it get it gets boring. It gets overplayed. You eventually hear the same cards over and over again. Yeah. You can still come up with the funny combos or you might have some, some new variations of some of the same story cards, but at the end, when you play a ton of it, which we were playing at one point, we were playing every weekend. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new. There's nothing new to it. There's no new surprises. There's, it's just a card game at that point. And we know, we know each other well enough to, we know how we're going to affect the winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the storyteller, it, it, it's, it, it, I think it's really easy to become overplayed on the game. It becomes formulaic. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's the problem with it. When you're playing with the same group and the same cards mm-hmm. time and time again, eventually the same cards and the same, you know, thing works every time. Like we have a, a list of Trump cards, including being a mother and sorcerer. Right. And uh, all, you can almost always guarantee that that card, when it gets played, if it makes anywhere near logical sense or laughter out of it, it's probably going to win. going to win. Yep. Although I think the best play I've ever seen of that card was mm-hmm. when the black card read, what would I take into the past to prove I had magical powers? Yes. I, yeah, I, I saw that one. Yeah, that was pretty It's like being a mo- sorcerer. <laughs> Done. Yeah, Done. Yeah. You win. Or if it makes sense, and again, it's all about the the people you play with, and like I said, as you say, it gets very formulaic. And I think if lo- you're rotating your group a lot, it's fantastic. Yeah, it can be or, a lot of fun. Or if you're because one or two new people in, injected into the same old group brings a lot back to the game. It does. I was going to say, or if you like, I, I I did this with my set, which I guess I'll send pictures or I'll upload them. Is uh, I have a full sleeve set so that I could go down to the bar with. with a group I still of think you could just go to the bar with the unsleeve set. Whatever. So I go to the bar <laughs> with the big sleeve set, and then you have random people in the bar who want to play, mm-hmm. and then it just becomes what you said. What is you get that moment? So yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely good if you can inject new people, or you know, if you're trying to break the ice at a con. I don't mm-hmm. know how many times I walked around packs. Well, again, you're injecting yeah. new people, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. think that's the key. You have to rotate the people or rotate the cards around. And unfortunately, they don't come out with new cards often enough. Yeah. But that being said, there is a whole trend on the Internet where there are unofficial expansions getting printed for it all the time. And that's what having a, an open game is great for. Yeah. And OK, so that brings the last point. This is technically a free game. You can spend about 50, 40, 50 bucks and buy all, it and all of his expansions on, on Amazon. Yep. Or you can go to their website, download the PDFs and print it and cut them out. Yep. I've actually seen, uh, I saw that at uh, PAX as there was people who had their own print to play sets. Yeah. No, I mean, so it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, big props to the guys. They do some hilarious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait for the next set. And I'm sure when the next set comes out, we will play and seed the top of the deck with those cards that's usually what we do is we take all the story cards and that's what we see the top of the decks with yeah and and we kind of like make sure that the top half of the white decks are kind of littered heavily with the new cards and that you know it's just more fun to have cards we haven't seen before yep speaking of which i still have the uh crabs of just humidity that we need to play yes we need to we need to play it just mainly the story cards (laughs) oh no there's some great white cards in there too man there's some great white cards so Unfortunately, Cards Against Humanity, as much as we love you, you could not take the top spot for Epic Turn. No, no, no. Because we, we are, you know, Brian, you and I are big fantasy people. We do love our wizards and our warriors and our owl bears and kobolds and mm-hmm. 
But so, that's not that's not why I love this game. I know it's not why, but I, I'm trying to set the mood. I'm trying to set the mood right. Let me set the mood. Okay. Well, I'm gonna help you set the mood here. Okay. I'm gonna play some Barry White. <laughs> gonna no, get the Brian. candles out. <laughs> All right. All right. I like where this is going. Are we gonna yeah. have some dinner? Well, we are, because you know where we're gonna be. We're gonna be in a tavern. We're gonna we? be at a tavern. Uh, and yeah, and we because you know what we've been doing. Let me take us. Is this is this where we've been adventuring for a while? We've been adventuring for a while, and mm-hmm. we are we are tired. <sighs> so tired. We are dirty. I should probably scrub my feet. And we have a lot of money. Look about that. Um, I'm gonna need to borrow like. 60 gold pieces for for the bar that's okay All we right. can do this okay <laughs> i was getting a little worried so Oof. okay so as we <laughs> the whole premise of the game is you are in a group of adventurers and you have been out exploring and raiding dungeons and doing heroic things and now it's time to unwind because that's stressful well yeah adventuring is very stressful right so you go to the end the you Red sit, Dragon Inn. The Red Dragon Inn. And you <laughs> and you sit up there at the bar of the Red Dragon Inn. And it is, so this is what is our number one party game. I, I don't think we've ever had a moment where this was not like, you know what, guys, we got a lot of people. Let's bust out Red Dragon Inn. Mm-hmm. So but, curr- currently there are three expansions. So you can seat, I think, up four, to. actually. Uh, well, the fourth one just came out or is about to come out. It's about to come out. Plus the two solo decks. So, so there's technically like, there's like there's three four. or four, three or four. Yeah. yeah. No, there's two solos. So there's no, four. there was two as part of the Kickstarter. There was one before that. There was Pookie. Oh, you're right. Yes. Pookie, my wonderful bunny. Yes. Uh, so, you know, you, I think I don't, I've never seen, I've never seen anyone try to seat all 15. Brian, don't, don't say this. Cause you know, we're going to try it now. <laughs> okay. We need to recruit people to seat all 15. <laughs> um, okay. So the, the basic, mechanics of the game are pretty simple to explain you're at a bar and you start off with 20 life and no alcohol and no uh, no alcohol blood content right zero zero so 20 life zero alcohol uh and you you take you'll see draw a card right well hold on hold on before you before you get there hold on hold on you gotta take it you gotta gotta take a step back for a second gotta take a step back Hmm, so i'm gonna explain turn order well, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, before you do that. So when you buy Red Dragon Inn, you get uh, five, uh, four decks. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're talking about the characters. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get to that. So each character in each of the, in the sets, before you get to turn stuff, because that's, the, that's, uh, no, that's on, fair, on, that's on, fair, on. that's fair. So, so each, each box set is a group of adventurers. And I'm going to just use the first one, because that's, it has Pookie. Um, <laughs> is you have, is that there's a band, it's your band of adventurers and all your cards are tied to that group. Right. They, they well, do. specifically each character, each player at the board gets a character and each character has a themed deck surrounding that, that type of that they are. Right. And so, and so you're all this. So you have like in the first box that you have like a, an ogre barbarian, uh, a, I don't wizard. remember which, which set or which ones came with which set. It, 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 it doesn't matter. I'm just going to make these two up. Yeah. Uh, you have the wizard and Pookie, you have um, was that Zot and Pookie? Zot and Pookie. You have the healer, uh, Deidre the priestess, Deidre the priestess, and the dwarf. Mm, the first plus the orc, Grimly or something like that. Yeah, Gimli or Grimly. Gimli, Grimly. I don't know. and then the orc is like Og or 
Zog. Remember Zog? So, and now for our group, we really get into it. Like Mm -hmm. we actually take on the, our persona (laughs) while we play, (laughs) which by the way, hilarious. You should all do it. And and the great thing about it is they really do pay a lot of attention to theming the deck appropriate for the character you're playing, uh, down to grammatical uh, mistakes and errors for the, uh, for the barbarians and the, like the, the orc, right? Yes. It's like, you know, uh, Gog Smash. Gosh. Yeah, he even says on the cards, like, Gog S-M-A-S, Smash. Mm-hmm. What? Um, like, the Wizards deck, uh, 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 Zot and Pookie, is all about uh, manipulating and doing direct damage to your, your friends and then manipulating your way out of situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the Priestess is, as you would kind of expect, she avoids drinking and heals and heals people and earns money like that. And redirects. And- mm-hmm. She's one of my favorites. My other favorite is Fleck the Bard. Yes. Oh, no, that's who's in there. Fleck the Bard's in that box. I can't remember which one's in which box because yes, we kinda, they're all play, mixed up. But I know, but I usually play Zod and usually play Flex. Yeah, I, I like Fleck the Bard because, you know, he is the kind of roguish bard character and you know, but all of his all of his cards are themed around being a bard. So one of them's like, "Let me entertain you with a song," and you have to, <laughs> and you have to pay him gold because he sings you this epic tale. Or when it comes time to to gamble, you know, he has a lot of cheat cards built in. Not as much as the rogue and, and one of the illusionist, but uh, yeah, pretty good bit. So that comes up to uh, what I was going to say after the characters is so your typical setup is everybody gets a little plastic card, like Brian said, with uh, 20 life, zero, zero uh, alcohol content, mm-hmm. one drink and 30 gold pieces. Is it 30 or 20? It's 30. OK, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And that, you know, and you get one drink card and I'll explain what happens to that in a moment. But I think we're I think we're to the point where you have to do turn order, right? I think we are. And here's the thing is we're going to kind of turn this into a little bit of a review. We apologize, but this is one of our favorite party games. That's yeah. why it's number one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by that judgment, it should be our favorite party game. Uh, <laughs> you don't, on the other hand. <laughs> at the same time. Uh, okay. So in the middle of the, in the middle of the table, there is also a drink deck and uh, these represent the drinks that you buy from the bar. So everybody starts with one and it's face down and you start with your deck and you have the hand of seven cards. And at the beginning of your turn, I think you can discard card. No. Can you discard cards? Yeah. Mary yeah. 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 You can discard as many as you want and you draw back up to seven. And then, uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You draw back up to seven and, um, you get to play one action card. Yep. You play one action card and they're also like sometimes at any time cards and reaction cards and those kind of play conditionally based on when they, when they occur, but you play one action card and the action cards can be like you, you know, Gog smashes you on the back and congratulations and oops, that dealt four damage or whatever. And or if you're playing the the uh, the priestess, you can you know heal people and get paid for it or heal yourself. And you're like, my goddess protects me. <laughs> yeah. And all that kind of stuff. And um, and then after you do that, you buy a drink for a friend. Now, you don't actually have to pay any gold on this, but you draw a deck, you draw uh, the, the top drink card out of the middle of the deck. Out of the middle deck, and you give it to one of the other players. Face down. Face down. And that goes on the top of their drink pile. And then you drink your... And then you flip the top card of your drink pile, and you drink it. Um, most rain- most of them are like, you know, you have wine or beer, mead. Sometimes you can get accidentally drink dirty dishwater. Oh, you just took it from me. That's what I was going to say. Uh, sometimes <laughs> you get coffee, and you actually sober up a little bit. Uh, or you get the chasers. Yeah. Yeah. The chasers are, are pretty, pretty brutal. Cause it's like, I will drink elven wine, which has three alcohol content and a chaser. 
And what's bad is we've actually seen it happen to Tim a few times uh, where he's gotten three or four chasers in a row. Man, they just stack. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So before you know it, you've done like four shots and you're staggering. Yeah, you're you have like, you know, 10 alcohol on you. Mm-hmm. You've already taken some health and we're going to get to the win conditions later. Yeah, uh, the, and, and the, that's and that and that's going to be a pretty bad thing. And also people can play cards on you to make you drink more or less or you can try to play cards to avoid drinks and all this kind of stuff. Um, unfortunately for the time where Tim had drank four at a time, we were playing with a, a house rule variant. So let's just leave it as that where you, you actually had to drink something matching whatever the card had. It was not a fun night. We laughed so hard. We loved it, especially for the dark <laughs> rum, but yeah. Get off topic. Uh, so <laughs> that, that was with, old topic <laughs> with the action cards. There's actually one that, uh, so you can either, some of these action cards, like he said, are direct, brands of direct damage or not. But the other thing you can do is gambling. Mm-hmm. And this is where you guys, so basically you say, gambling, I'm in. And everybody puts in a chip, one gold, into the center of the table. Now, sometimes play, you have a sometimes card that will get you out of gambling or, you know, you can do some other trickery to get to maybe not have to pay in the gold. But then everybody does a round where you're playing cards. There's there's cards called cheating. There's things like winning hand. There's raises. Mm-hmm. And it has its own little gambling system built in. And whoever wins takes the whole pot of gold. Unless someone plays. Oh, <laughs> the, the winch thought it was her tip. What's and bad is that seems to happen most times um, with us. <laughs> yeah, mo- most, most of the time, especially with a large table, somebody is sitting on that. Yeah, someone usually is for hilarity value. So, mm-hmm. so that's you do that around and around and around the table. So here's how you get eliminated from the game because it is a last a last character standing game. Mm-hmm. So you either a have your alcohol and your health orb touch, and then that means you pass out and they carry you upstairs to your bed. Yeah. Or b you run out of money and you're ejected from the bar. Hmm. And that that's it's a pretty straightforward game, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With very with very little rules confusion. Um, the only one that kind of adds some some unique spins is uh, uh, Red Dragon in three, which added things like the alchemist, the the let's see, the alchemist, the mechanic, the druid, and the shaman. Paladin, I think. The paladin, yeah, and everything gets a little weird there. Mm-hmm. And the but, fourth expansion is going to add a, a lot more dynamic dynamicism to the game as well. Yeah, it's a really fun game. It's one of our go-to large group setting. Mm-hmm. And not even that. It's a great three-player game. It's a great four-player game. It's a terrible two-player game. Terrible two-player game. Unless you're playing the house variant. Unless you're playing the house variant. And then, well, you, uh, you should just probably sit there and just... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It gives you an excuse. So it gives uh, you the excuse. <laughs> Pro tip. That's your excuse. Red Dragon. No. But seriously, yeah, yeah. It, it just is a great game, wonderful design, great artwork, good I, I could go on and on about this, but I'm gonna tell you this there's a reason why it made number one, and it's just it's a fantastic party game for everything. There no matter how many times we play it, we never get bored. Mm-hmm. Like there is the even if I play the same person, which I my character is usually Zot, I still have a ton of fun with it. And I think that's also because it is our group of people. And this is why it's the Epic Turns top 10 list, not, you know, top 10 of X is for our group. We're all a bunch of role players. We love role playing. We get into our characters while we play Red Dragon in. We do. 
we we always do, especially especially Craig, especially. Craig. <laughs> well, that's because he loves playing the guy that's like Zot Smash, Zot Smash. Um, but we all do, and it's it's just a <laughs> lot of fun. And that's I, I I'm gonna just keep saying it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. No, of fun. it is. Um, you know, unfortunately, at this point, to get the whole set, there's a, a pretty good bit that you have to that you have to get your hands on. But I think it's worth it. Um, I would recommend as a good starting point to get the first two boxes. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can add on more as you want. Yeah, you can add three. You can add the two solo characters. Go buy four when it drops. Yeah, um, there there is a uh, a spinoff game that's actually just the gambling system yes. as, its, as, a, as its own game, yep. which I we've never played that. We don't have a copy of that one, but I, I'm interested to give it a shot. Actually, you can actually substitute it for the gambling. I mean, you just take out all the gambling and cheating cards, mm-hmm. and that's what you play with instead. Hmm. That could be interesting. Yeah. It, it, it could be. Um, like I said, guys, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But th- this closes out Epic Turns Top 10 party, I guess. Large group games. Large group games. And, you know, the most important thing is that all these games... As we said in episode four, and we're going to continue to say over and over and over again, because we really want to drive it home is as long as everybody's having fun, that's what's the most important thing here. Yeah. Most days. Most days. So so do we have any actual honorable mentions? Do I actually have any honorable mentions that you're not going to say is complete and utter crap? Um, Mm, That's up to you. (laughs) No, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do I have any actually honorable mentions? Um, for party games, what's really funny is, um, I could throw on a couple deck builders cause that's for us. That's a party style game, but I think even well, but they aren't, they aren't large group games though. Right. Right. Um, like I did, I did say categories. I still think cranium's a good one. See, uh, I don't know, really consider those hobby games. I'm not talking about hobby games. I'm saying honorable mentions. I didn't say anything about hobby games. But this is a hobby <laughs> gaming podcast. I understand. It goes I without think- saying. But I think it's I think they're they're still worthy to bring up in in the sense of they are good party games as well, but they're just not in our vein of what we like. Well, now I'm going to bring up one here that you're going to hate. If you say the werewolf game, I swear to all the unholy and holy of gods. Okay, well I won't have to say its name because you already said it. Uh, no, oh, no crap! I got tricked into the. <laughs> No, it's uh, I think it's called Wolves in the Village or Village Wolves. Uh, Wolves in the Village. Village Wolves, something like that. But the reason I'm going to give an honorable mention, even though I can't get you guys to even try it out. No is, one wants to play Heads Up 7 Up, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I referenced the rules for resistance. Anyway, um, but the reason I think it's worth honorable mention, it has the largest player base out of any game we've talked about. It actually starts at eight players. Yeah, and it goes up to what, 25? 23. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 8 to 23 players. If you have a literal party. You can play this game. This is one of the only games I can see everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is it definitely is an honorable mention. Um, We just, our group, it's just not something we are really wanting to do. If it had been about fairies, you guys would have played it. Only half of us would (laughs) have. <laughs> if it had been about chickens, you would have played it. I don't know about that. But because it was about werewolves, you, you guys were like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, but no, seriously, though. Yeah, that, the thing is, is, I could think of a couple honorable mentions for party games. Like I could think of 
there is another couple different variants of werewolf s games we see it played at cons yes those are definitely on there um the the thing is is that i guess it's up to you guys to figure out what your favorite party game is or Mm -hmm. what you guys consider party games for us you know like red dragon inn is not really a party game most people don't consider it a party game we do because of you know it can seat up to 12 to 15 um several wonders another one that people don't consider but for us this is our party list this is if we got a bunch of you know board gamers around like a ton of them this is our list this is our king list minus five and ten we should have maybe just said our top eight and nine and ten we could have just we could have played it like cards against humanity and anybody could have filled in those blanks well you know i'd be curious to see if there's one on here or one one that should be on here that we don't have so, listeners, yeah. I'm going to call out to you guys, and if there is a game that you feel like should have been on this list, hit us up on the feedback page on the website, and we will do some follow-up on a future episode where we go over any that we receive. Yeah, I. that's what we want to hear, because we want to see feedback. We want to see, we want to see things that maybe we haven't seen before. Because mm-hmm. you know what? That's what I love about this 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 hobby, and I, I love learning about new games. So please, teach us something. Please? Please? <laughs> but I got I a think... cherry. There's cherries? Uh, sugar on top. Ooh. Anyway. Anyway. But I think that that's going to wrap up episode 14. Are we on 14 already? We are on 14. We're slowly creeping up there, buddy. Man, I'm telling you, this last couple of weeks has just been a blur. It has been. But the good thing is next week we're going to be doing a little bit better for you guys. I'm actually trying to set up a couple of good things. Uh, Maybe uh, we might have Aloy back on just because Divine uh, Instruments is finishing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have William from Privateer Press. We don't know yet. Uh, It's kind of a thing, but we can tell you this right now. We're going to return to our normal programming next week. Again, we apologize, but stick with us. We promise it'll be a good show. Or at least something you might enjoy. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, until then, guys, thanks for joining us here on Epic Turn. It's been wonderful. You can find our show notes at epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash 14. You can always follow us at, uh, you can always follow us at Epic Turn at Epic Turn on Twitter. Uh, Brian can be fan, found at Kelton. I can be found at Telshin. Uh, always remember, you can rate us on iTunes. We really would love that. And uh, And until next time, have some epic turns. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hopefully at our regular schedule time. Ready to get started? No. Why not? Because I'm I'm scared. Me too. But it's okay, Timmy. I'm here with you. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? Um Timmy, it's okay. Uh, okay whatever let's just do it what you don't believe me timmy no no i don't why not because i i just don't i i know better what have i ever done to you oh oh i think i could probably come up with the enough things i i don't understand you know what I'm just not comfortable with this anymore. Same epic time, same turn channel. Now nah, that didn't work out so well. Same epic time, same epic channel. Oh, I didn't want to use epic twice.
Well, you should. Why not? Because it's too epic. Well, yeah. (laughs) Is that the point? Yes. Okay, anyway. Bye, guys. See you all next week. (laughs) Bye.